Okay. So Transformers started in 1984. Um, we're going to talk about the individual series, um, the major entries, and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, toy lines as we have a chance. First up, of course, was G1. Yay! A lot of Transformers. Okay, um, it was initially created by Hasbro. Um, the story outline was done by Denny O'Neill, who did a complete story treatment that was then thrown in the trash. The only things that survived was the name Cybertron and Optimus Prime. Do you know anything about that original treatment aside from that? A little bit. Um, um, Bob Bedinsky, who worked for Marvel, then came in and fleshed out the full story we know, which was also adapted for the cartoon and the comic. Um, the comic ran far longer than the cartoon. Um, original stories used the Japanese series, uh, Diaclone Microman, uh, a few others um, as a base, and then um, they started making more original toys as it took off. Um, three seasons, arguably four, and a movie. The, 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 the rebirth doesn't count. Headmasters, number five. Oh, yeah. That's a different slide. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. But. Yeah, the, there were three seasons of uh, the original series. The final episode had a phenomenal ending. Optimus Prime comes back from the dead. He doesn't save the day. He doesn't save the world. He doesn't save the galaxy. He saves the mother flipping universe. <laughs> Galvatron walks up, tells the Decepticon to stand back, says, There will be no war today. And the Autobots Transformers roll off into the sunset. And then they decide to do three more episodes to uh, set up the next toy line, which totally ruined the flow. You know? yep. God dang it. I like the rebirth. It was fine if it hadn't come right after that amazing ending. Season three finale was awesome. Complete with You've Got the Touch. And it had You've Got the Touch. So we got to hear Hell on a PG or on a uh, 80s Saturday morning children's show. Yes, we did. Um, you, the original comic ran for 80 issues before going on a 19-year hiatus and is now back on the shelves for an additional uh, 19 issues. Up to 86. Right uh, yep, up to 86. Uh, a couple uh, last year, the, the writer who was doing it when they ended said, oh, yeah, I, I had some ideas, but you know, the series got canceled. And the current license holders went, hey fans, what would you think about him wrapping it up? And, and uh, they got enough unified support. They're like, okay, we'll give you 20 issues left. Take it to 100. So went on hiatus for 19 years, and it's back on the shelves. Um, the UK was split up into run was split up into much, much more issues. And there's no way to count how many toys there were. And any of those people out there who have all the G1 toys, you got problems here. <laughs> That's from the guy with the problem. Okay, favorite toys. I like to mix this up every year. Uh, so this year I'm going with G1 Grimlock. I love Shockwave. He lights up. Shockwave is an awesome character, and he's purple. Yes. Like Shockwave. It's played by Corey Burton, and yep. uh, if anyone's reading the current comic series that I was saying was so awesome. Woohoo, man, Shockwave's cool. <laughs> okay, Japanese G1. Oh yeah, we got it. we got clips. I forgot. We got so much extra time. We actually have room time for the clips this time. So, okay. clip from G1. What's the context of this? Um, this is the original G1 movie. Um, the Decepticons are attacking full force on Autobot HQ on Earth. They're determined this time they're going to end the war. And go.
purple and green Megatron, and an Optimus toy that is going to come back later in this panel, but at the time of release, wasn't that good. Come on in. Um, we have a question. No well, questions. Also, that gold bumblebee was Micro Transformer. Second, the black side swipe was actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that I should say. Um, they re released G1 side swipe. They reversed his colors, so his, his black came red and his red came black. They had this neon green in a little places, but not too bad. It was a super sexy repaint, I will give you that. And G, G2 side swipe deserves mad love. Did Machine Wars come out during G2? No, or at the same during time? Beast Wars. Okay. Um, okay. Who doesn't have a ticket? One of these. You don't have one of these in your hand? Okay, you gotta run up here really quick. Here, I'll get it. I'll do something. Oh, a woman that does something. Someone should marry her. Oh, okay. Six six one eight three four. Eight three four. There we go. Wait, let me see your ticket. <laughs> this is eight three six. No I'm kidding. Here. Um. Also, G2, one last thing, thank, thank for my bullet points. Um, they started replaying the uh, first two seasons in syndication. They had this CGI like cube that would spin around instead of the whole da -da 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 thing. And they had a little boy named Mickey, I think was his name. Yeah. That he stood on the hand no, of no, this. I thought it was Tommy. Tommy, you're right, it's Tommy. Tommy. Um, Tommy. Who stood on this hand? It was just a hand and a head. This giant animatronic Optim Power Master Optimus who would talk to him during like the commercial breaks, the intro for the episodes. It was the '90s, you know. We, we didn't have Doc Brown introducing this today's episode of Back to the Future. Okay, and so and also in the comics, Simon Furman has about as violent views. Oh, for yeah. And he, nobody, nobody like apparently could tell him no for 12 issues. He ran unchecked. Him and Andrew Wildman, it was. I actually like it. It was something. Oh, Megatron had some really good scenes in that, too. There's Starscream as well. Starscream, too. There was a really good time, though, um, because there's a third faction in the G2 comic that's trying to wipe everything out, all the Cybertronians. And the Decepticons and the Autobots meet for this peace conference. And the other faction show, like swoops in and blows up the ship that Megatron came in. And everyone scatters and Optimus and Megatron are running through the woods. And as they're running, Optimus is like, okay, where's the ship? Ship. It just blew up. You didn't see it? Yeah. Where's the, where's the other ship you brought for when everything went wrong? And, and Megatron just looks at him and goes, God dang it, I hate that you and I are on opposite sides sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, favorites. Oh, favorites. Yep, this year I'm going with Bumblebee. I went with Jolt last year. It took quite a while to find a picture where you couldn't see the guy holding the camera in his chest. As tacky as, as tacky as the colors may be, I think Megatron generally works best as a tank, so I like the fact that this was the first time they made him a tank. And look, elbows! And elbows! Yeah. Yay! Technological progression. And then... Yeah. Yes! The only yeah, reason to still like Transformers. Come on! It's Beast Wars! Yeah. Woo! Cheer for your favorites here. Cheer for your favorites. Okay. So... Beast Wars um, came along in 1996. <laughs> there we go. Beast Wars came along in 1996. This was um, a true revival of the franchise. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles are gone. Now we got animals in disguise. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I No. It was completely CG. This was um, done by Mainframe uh, Entertainment in. Um, Canada and Vancouver. May they rest in peace. Um, they were dead before they were dead, though. So there was an experiment in the early 90s um, that Mainframe was taking part in. This was before Pixar really came to the forelight. Um, they were gifted several supercomputers, graphic supercomputers, which they were to uh, 
basically do a proof of concept for doing a CG series. That's how we got um, Reboot and Beast Wars and War Planets. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. Although I don't know if anyone really remembers War Planets. Um, okay, well, we got three. <laughs> um, so I would honestly say, people tell me that the CGI hasn't aged well on Beast Wars. I would disagree with that. I think it looks better than 95% of what's on TV. Is. I'm going to say it this way. I think the CGI, like, from a technical level didn't age well, but the composition, the directing, the, the textures, and the textures have actually all aged very well. The series is just well edited. I, I should say, one thing I always look for in CGI is water and fire, yeah. which are two things Beast Wars did amazingly well. Water and fire looked darn good on that show. And you know, seasons two and three still great in Trees, not so much. No, trees, they look fine when they weren't on fire. But when they're on fire, then, yeah. Like, oh, that's um, it was It was 52 episodes across three seasons, um, which I think stands great for in Japanese uh, Transformers series. It's 52 episodes in only one season. Yeah. Where can I find those episodes that's under $200? You can get a great new box set for, on, for like $50. Yeah, it, okay. it, it, it was bad for a while, but um, okay. Rhino, those the Rhino sets were out then. Then, years ago I picked up the Season two and three of the random ones for ten bucks each. It's all a matter of the right timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the toys um, were got to be pretty darn good. Um, the posability went up. Play value. Um, one one toy that came out in the second season was um, Quick Strike. He had 19 points of posability. Just his one arm, which was like had eight different. Uh, joints on so he was incredibly show accurate detail levels too. Yeah detail was good um, There's no Comparison when it comes to Transformers series for the acting quality and the writing quality for Beast Wars um, It was a perfect balance of drama comedy um, They knew when to tell a joke they knew when to get dropped dead serious They knew when to advance the overall plot yeah, Brian. Peter Cullen and, and it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very important to remember this final bullet point: Code of Heroes. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my heart! I, I, the universe. I got to tell a little story. The universe wanted me to see Code of Hero on its first broadcast. So it's Saturday morning. You know, I'm up. I'm channel surfing, little kid. And my TV stops on like channel 19. There is no channel 19. There's never been a channel 19. Here's channel 19 coming in crystal freaking clear, and Beast Wars, the opening cards are just starting, and it's Code of Hero. And oh god, just like anyone else who's ever watched that, you know. And as the credits start rolling, it starts getting a little fuzzier, a little fuzzier, a little fuzzier, a little fuzzier, and then it goes straight to solid white static, and channel 19 never came in again. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that, but that happened. So yeah, if you don't know what Code of Hero is, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I encourage you, if you're here in this panel because you like Transformers, find out what Code of Hero is. If you like Transformers in general, just watch Beast Wars. Yes. Code of Hero and um, IDW ongoing issue 22 and 23, those are the two like best things Transformers has ever given us. So. Um, and unfortunately, the uh, main star of Code of Hero, when they were recording it, he did not realize what was going to go down in that episode until he finished recording it. Oh, oh man. I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't. He, well, he, I mean, he read the script. He didn't realize that it was going to stick. He thought, you know, cartoon. So, favorite uh, toys. This year, I'm going with Transmetal Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can't blame you. I would yeah. jump that one myself, too. But. Transmetal Megatron 2. He's a dragon now. That's the detailing on this mold. Look at that. Textures everywhere. I had, I had a real big problem with the uh, beast mode in general because in season three, Optimus Primal saves Optimus Prime by taking his spark of Transformers Essence into himself while they repair his body. The, the repairs would take too long, he died. And that transforms him into Optimal Optimus. Which he's got this super robotic, harkening, especially back then, retro was really something in Transformers. Harkening back, 
you know, robot modes and vehicle modes and all this stuff, and it's cool. And half season later, Megatron busts in, and he's like, I'm going to do this with the original Megatron. And I'm just like, freaking A, this is going to be awesome. And then he turns into a dragon. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't expect him to have to turn into a gun, but it would have been great if he'd have like guns on his shoulder or something, you know, sure, with T-Rex right. with cannons on his back or something. I almost chose Optimal Optimus as he is a phenomenal toy as well, but the dragon looks awesome in both forms. So. Optimal Optimus' problem is that his guns didn't retract. That killed the toy for me. By the way, I don't care what anyone says, this it does not have a third form vehicle mode. Oh, no, matter no, what no, no and that's the other thing. It, it tries to tell you it has a vehicle mode, it don't. No. As, mu as much as Energon Shockwave had a, had a vehicle mode. You <laughs> remember his satellite mode? Good word. Okay, now we're back to the Japanese stuff. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I've seen enough. Okay, you got two minutes. Long story short, they did two series in Japan at the same time Beast Wars was coming out. Beast Wars 2 and Neo. In Japan, they say they take place either during the series or 10,000 years later. In the U.S., the comics have now said that these shows kind of take place before Beast Wars. So, I tend to follow that explanation since I think it's actually pretty cool. Beast Wars 2, main story short, you've got these group of Maximals led by Leo Convoy, as his name is known. They find a random planet named Gaia that secretly happens to be Earth in the distant future or something crazy like that. And they discover this energy called Anglomwa. Then they defeat another Galvatron, blah blah blah, and the energy gets put into capsules and sent throughout space, and they all go missing. Then you have a Big Convoy, a ma mammoth leader who takes over, gets a whole new cast, and you have a show called Beast Wars Neo, where they're now trying to find these capsules. They don't know why, they just know there's something important about this energy. Well, it turns out it's actually the essence of Unicron that survived after all these years. By the end of the show, he actually manages to succeed in taking over Cybertron. So, some pretty interesting things happen in these series. Otherwise, they're really crazy, ridiculous, over-the-top filler that has still basically not been subbed yet. But they have some pretty cool toys. They used a lot of Machine Wars toys, so they... Still have vehicles versus animals a lot in uh, Beast Wars 2, and in Beast Wars Neo you've got a lot more original molds and some pretty cool looking ones that yeah, we'll talk about our favorite toys in just a minute. They brought back Trypticon. They did bring back Trypticon, yeah. I mean, it's... these series aren't great, but you know what? Shout, Shout Factory really just needs to get it up done and get them subbed, because they're still worth seeing. And the comics actually make the characters, the IDW ones, make the characters actually really cool. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's a, in a nutshell. The first comic, maybe the second one. I'm just like, I, the first I, comic was enough. I talked to the guy who worked on the comic, who did the coloring, and I'm like, you were closer to this. Do you know what was going on? Yeah, the second comic was a mess. The first one had a great idea. So. Um, if you see the guy on the at the very top of the bottom picture, with the big wings coming off his head, Magmatron, really cool toy. It's kind of like a T-Rex-esque thing, uh, pterodactyl-esque thing, and a Magically uploaded on all yeah, all three different animals all merged into one robot. It's actually pretty solid. I guess um, a spark is a tri spark or something weird like that. That's how they explained it. And there were a lot of remolds. I like Dirge Gun, super heavy, like Terminator, remolded Waspinator. New wings, new legs, new head, new half of his wasp head. And just like we were saying, I like Magnetron. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's Magnetron. Awesome character, great toy, great concept for the original. All right, let's do another drawing. Let's take another take. Okay, everyone ready? What? The reissued Magnetron in the toy line. Yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah. They did. That, that, oh yeah. Which was, you know, showed up in the Botcon comic which retconned everything in the series as just one giant Quintesson plot. They have, they have Maxwell symbol when he's a robot mode, but each individual one still had the Predacon symbol. Crystals, yeah. And you don't like the Most of them understandably are total crap. But I think the tank drone, which was actually the only time they got something accurate to the TV show, was pretty awesome. So, I like their tank drone. It was just... It, or I should say their tank drone. Mainframe main lost their supercomputers for this, so the animation style completely changed. It was, yeah, it, it was they crap. Were they were They weren't Yeah, everything was very dull, matte color to it. Um, everyone's characters were completely rewritten without explanation except for Cheetor. 
Um, because of Bob's here. Yeah, because Bob's here. Um, that's my exclusion. Yeah, they, they just, Optim Optimus went on this spiritual guru trip, um, gave a plate of bat. It was just not good stuff. Here's the thing. Brian Drummond was jet storm. Yep. Brian yes, Drummond was jet He storm. had me Quinter with that. He was the hawk for Quinter 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 yeah, it's all crap anyways. Um, wait, 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 when Beast Machine started, I used to have this great little fantasy of all the actors from Beast Wars sitting around a recording studio looking at the strip going, what the is this bull? <laughs> and you know, it's paycheck the other day. Well, right here at this very con, right at the end of the hall by those windows, I'm standing around with Scott McNeil a couple years ago here, and I tell him that, and he goes, looks me dead in the eye, goes, no, oh, this is pretty much what <laughs> yes! I freaking hate this series all the more now. I'm totally justified when, it's, when the voice of half the cast tells you that we hate it. It's like, okay. Okay, so moving on after that came Robots in Disguise. Um, uh, no. Robots in Disguise. Robots in Disguise is a mixed bag. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer when it comes to it's Robots in Disguise. Like, Beast, Mach Beast Machines is a wrong answer. But, uh, <laughs> Robots in Disguise was an adaptation of a Japanese series called Car Robots that was technically a Transformer series. Um, it reused a lot of old toy molds and then did really show accurate representations of them as opposed to G1 where you know, the toy and the show never looked anything alike. Um, the show did a really good job of making sure what was on screen looked like the toy. The toy which made buying the toys awesome. Yeah, you were having the Optimus, you actually said it maximized my transport. Yep. He does. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was like, oh, I don't know. Well, and now, um, there were only a handful of new toys. Megatrons, uh, most of the Autobots, um, Ultra Magnus were new toys. But they were awesome. They were awesome. Then, um, that when I was talking about G2, I mentioned an Optimus bold came out that wasn't that great at the time. It got repainted and re-released and totally its character rewritten as a new character called Scourge. Oh man, Scourge is a really good character. Um, yeah. The story basically goes, um, during the series, um, Megatron found a group of stasis pods that had, been la had landed on Earth and the, the Predacons got to them first. And they scanned military vehicles, so we got the Combaticons from G1 in the show now. The final pod scanned an oil tanker that was going over a cliff, held by Optimus, with a human inside. So it scanned a tanker, a human, and Optimus, with the Predacon uh, Decepticon programming, all dumped into one character. Boy, howdy, did the writers have fun with that later on. Um, because originally, the first half of the series is kind of episode to episode, nothing really matters. They occasionally mention this thing they're kind of looking for called the O-parts, but, you know, it's just kind of background noise. Halfway through, things start taking a bigger focus. They find out what the O-parts are, they get the O-parts, that finds Cerebros, find Cerebros, they find Fortress Maximus, um, who then they get to fight for control over. Because um, he's programmed to respond to humans and, uh, and Optimus. And now we've got Scourge, who's a Decepticon who then reads as a human and Optimus. So, and then there's Skybike. Oh, there's Skybike. Oh, yeah. He's the coolest fish in town. He's the greatest guy around. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, Skybike is another repaint. He's a repaint of a uh, Transmetal Beast Wars toy. Nobody remembers the original toy. They remember Skybike. They remember Skybike. Yeah, it was the second Cyber Shark. No one remembers that that was the original toy. They remember Skybite because yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, and he doesn't have the toy before the show. Yep. Would you still? Hey, which would you did still he just pull a Transformers hipster line? Skybite's better. 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 
Unfortunately, you will often remember uh, CyberShark 2, though, because he was always the only toy left on the shelf when you were looking for big He was a big shelf warmer, although never as bad as Injector. <laughs> anyone remember, does anyone remember Injector? An Optimus Minor. Optimus Minor was pretty bad, too, but he wasn't Injector. Okay, I always had a question. Uh, I had, oh, I went to KB Toys and those, so it said Skyway was 15, CyberShark was like 7. So I bought that, went home, and since I love Skybike, I removed his maximum spark and put in a Predacon spark from an old TN2, and he was my Skybike. Oh, <laughs> he, he just had that. I mean, Skyway's got his like yellow face. CyberShark had like this vomit green face. And like, no matter how different the color scheme is, that's all I can see is his vomit green face. I think CyberShark 2 was the only one who didn't make it into that comic series as well. Yeah, probably. Because. And oh god, the toy was just so sexy too. Um, Optimus was a cool toy, except. Um, you see the shiny met like metal paint on his chest on the non combined one? That paint is gone after the first time you combine him with his trailer. It just comes right off. I have articulation in this Optimus is phenomenal, though. I mean, even with his armor on, he still has just as much articulation as with the armor off. So it's this this is one of my favorite Transformers in general. Oh, yeah, he's mad poseable, but that have a shiny red Gundam marker around because that paint's gone. Transforming him is also a bit of a pain. It's just kind of a Yeah, you have to be very careful. But it's, it's a really good toy if you can still find one. Yeah. The Unicron Trilogy! Uh, oh, yeah, there it goes. Ooh. Okay, so originally the plan was to do a series called Transformers Universe um, that basically featured Unicron coming back and um, uh, Autobots and Decepticons from all continuities were going to be pulled um, forward into the current times. It's going to be set after Beast Machines to fight the threat of Unicron. That was going was going to be the show. That didn't happen. In fact, instead, it ended up being um, a three-part um, comic book that also never finished. Instead, they partnered with um, the Japanese animation studios to do a joint release in the U.S. and Japan which is the first time they were really working together. Um, the series not as connected in Japan as they are in America. It just kind of loosely talks about Unicron as the underlying theme. But they officially are. They officially are, yeah. Um, each, each series then had a distinctive gimmick. Uh, the first one being Armada, which was not a good show. Um, had I know, it was a better show than Energy. I'll disagree. I'll disagree with that statement. Armada, is that what's, is that what's showing on the hub? No, that's not Prime. Oh, Prime. Oh, uh, well, don't worry, we got stuff to say about that. I've seen the whole different shows. You see, I'm lost. It's okay. It's not hard to get lost. Their continuity's screwed anyways. Armada's gimmick was the Minicons. They introduced a third self-coding race that was much smaller, yeah. And they basically did this Pokemon thing, gotta catch them all. They, they beeped and whistled in the series as opposed to the comic. They had fully fleshed out personalities and characters. And every episode. Yeah, oh yeah. Because it started broadcasting in the U.S. before the animation was even done. Um, and the lead time to translate and dub it was like ridiculously short. So I mean, every episode just mistakes out the wazoo. Megatron's voice would start coming out of somebody else's mouth, <laughs> but, but talking to the person that mouth is coming out, like a star scream, star scream, star scream, mouth opens, and you hear star scream. I need you to go and kill everything. While he's actually talking to Cyclonus. Yeah, while he's talking to Cyclonus, and it's just like, oh, good God. And, and, and you know, I don't expect the voice actors to, like, you know, be taking control of themselves. But at some point, when you've been playing, for David Kay, when you've been playing Megatron for the last ten years, at some point you got to look up the screen and go, wait, that's not my character. Instead of going, you need to go, no. After Armada, really, really bad, and then the final episode starts, and it was just utterly phenomenal. Yeah. Like, and you're watching it, and you're like, where was this the 49 episodes before? You know what sucks, though? 
the, the animation still wasn't finished. If you watch the Japanese version of that episode, there's a couple more minutes of the fight, too. Oh, God. Yeah, it, they, they, Unicron shows up, um, and the Decepti Autobots and Decepticons join forces. Um, they go, Optimus and Megatron fly to Unicron, personally confront him, like, inside his being. Um, Starship dies along the fight. Megatron looks at his, like, Lieutenant Demolisher, and he's like, if I don't come back, you make this work. This war does not start back up after, we're, we're done. The war's done, you make this last. And they go back, they kill Unicron, and as soon as they're done, Megatron like pulls a weapon, and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? He goes, no, I'm not, because you and I, we can't keep this, if you and I are both here, one of us has to die. And Optimus is just like, Matrix, here's my get out of jail, my death free card, let's do this. <laughs> and in the end, Megatron actually ends up sacrificing himself, because their fights actually starts resurrecting Unicron. He's like, no, Unicron's the bigger threat, kills himself. In the process, they're ripping each other to shreds. Oh, oh, yeah. Megatron and Optimus are just tearing chunks out of each other. And you're like, where the crap was this show for the last 49 episodes? <laughs> the animation budget wasn't there. It wasn't there, yeah. So after that came uh, Energon. Um, oh, we're still doing good. Uh, oh, god dang it. I didn't do the Beast Wars clip. Who wants to watch Beast Wars clip? Yeah, yes! <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I don't even remember which episode this is. Oh, okay. Is that the Hell's Forever? Yeah, I, I, I went with a bunch of more uh, milder clips. I've never seen her. This is to show off the acting Does he have a brain? series, um, Earth's location was basically hidden. Cybertronians weren't allowed to know where Earth was because there was so much energy on there. Megatron gets his hands on uh, the location and goes to Earth with the Maximals in pursuit because they were the closest ship. Well, the method of travel they're using goes through time and space, and they were fighting in the corridor. So they come out, and they land on a very Earth-like planet, but it's clearly not Earth. The continents are different. Um, the Energon deposits are, yeah, there's two moons, Energon deposits are infinitely more than Earth has, so, you know, there's Energon, they're going to have to deal with it, but they're not on Earth. At the end of Season 2, um, Megatron reveals that he knew they actually were on Earth, just way in the past, at the point where, in the original, first episode of the original series, the Autobots crash on Earth, goes to commercial break, comes back to this four million years later, and the series starts. They're during that four million years. 
So the Autobots and the Decepticons are already on Earth, completely helpless. And the new Megatron had orders from the original Megatron to screw the timeline. And he wasn't going to do it, he was smart enough to that. The agenda is Megatron has no choices left. All his plans have just collapsed, and this is his last card to play. And yeah, it gets... And the original G1 Ravage comes back, and he transforms into a tape with the original sound effect. It was awesome. <laughs> Decepticons forever. Okay, so where were we? Oh, right, Unicron. Um, so after... After Armada um, comes the comes Energon, um, it wasn't as that bad. It got that bad. It started good. It started good. It started really good, in fact. Then it got really bad. Then it got okay, and then it ended. Um, animation was better. Um, it had Demolisher, the character who got told to make this piece last, had some really good character building at first because Megatron comes back and starts the war all over again. He's like. What the crap, man? You told me to make sure this lasted no matter what. So it gets to the point where it's, I mean, he's gun to gun with Megatron, having to make a choice. Really good stuff. But there's a piece of animation where this black hole opens, and everyone, you know, gets pulled into this black hole at the end of the episode as they're swirling, and it's, you're just watching the show go down the toilet. They're actually making this toilet motion, and from the very beginning of the next episode, it just, yeah. Um, Suddenly, sudden Transformers can morph into Unicron size and fight his body one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, and, and the gimmick was two Transformers could combine, like, at the waist. Um, so I'll connect to the hip now. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that good. But Did they do uh, the fusion dance? Yeah. <laughs> Another good thing about there, though, is um, retro G1 is still a thing that people want, and a lot of the toys during Energon referenced original twins. We got a new Wheeljack, we got a new Rodimus, we got a new Shockwave, we got a new Galvatron, um, we got a new Bruticus, we got a new Devastator, we got a new Superion. The toy line was actually... The toy line was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but those are third parties. <laughs> we might talk about that if we keep going. Um, after, after that was Cybertron. Um, had no tie in Japan, kind of, they tried to make it tie because the DVD said, yeah, the <laughs> Megatron's shoulders kind of looked like Unicron's shoulders, so they said after they defeated Unicron that he was like wearing the armor of Unicron. They, they were fighting to try to make it connect. Well, no, that's, that's where we get into the dub, where honestly this was a case where the dub, they just wrote whatever the heck they wanted into the script and improvised, including through all of the stock footage where they would just start coming up with original dialogue during the transformations to make them not as repetitive. And actually for that I will say the dub was much, much better um, than what they had to work with. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry uh, to talk about this series. Okay. Toys. Uh, toys. Mine is um, Energon Starscream. It's very important that there, this, there was a toy in Energon called Starscream, and then there was a toy called Energon Starscream. Um, it was a G1 repaint of it, and I personally will vote it the best Starscream toy, period. Really? Yep. Um, I thought Fall of Cybertron Starscream would top it, but I got that now, and I disagree. Through both lines, we got, finally, a toy for Unicron, and a toy for Primus, of all things. Who is, yeah, Primus is the creator of the Transformers race. Um, he physically is the planet Cybertron. Yep. Um, so we have a toy that transforms into the planet Cybertron. It is really cool. There are little tiny cities across the surface of it. Cities which actually look like they do in other comics and material as well. Yep. The cities are molded after what they look like in shows and comics and stuff. It's, it's cool. very cool. Then... Can we just skip this? No, no, no. no. We got we to got diss it. We got to diss it here. Go back, go back. We got we to gotta look at Pink Bumblebee with Laser Beak's head. <laughs> Okay, so three movies, soon to be four. Um, they're live action. Bumblebee, woo! No. Yes, I have. They, you like those they movies. Star, they star a beeping world yes, thing called Bumblebee, who has 74 different toys of the same character. Yep. Uh, we got a whole new generation of kids who, you know, think that they know more than nerds, you know, superior smug nerds like me. Bumblebee um, will never speak again. Yeah, Bumblebee will never speak again. It's made a quadrillion dollars, and it's not that good. It sucks. Um, the first movie was really cool for about 30 seconds. Starscream was like jumping from F-22 to F-22 over Los Angeles, tearing through them, transforming from robot to jet, fighting away. I'm just like, 
That's what I came to see! Where's that? There's a clip where actually mixed that with his G1 voice while he's doing it in the soundtrack from the original movie. It's pretty nice. Um, second movie had this scene where with Optimus fighting uh, three Decepticons in a forest. Oh, that was that freaking was, awesome. That was phenomenal. Which uh, I loved. I loved uh, Megatron's like, "Is the fate of our world not worth one human life?" And Optimus responds, is, "You never stop at one." And I'm like, "Wait. So if we could guarantee Megatron would stop at one, it'd be okay if we kill Shia LaBeouf right now?" Because <laughs> I think we could probably, you know, hash that out. And then Dark of the Moon, I'll actually say, while it's still not good, Dark of the Moon was a lot better. A lot more Transformers. Um, hey, Leonard Nimoy finally came back to Transformers. Seeing it in Chicago was pretty entertaining. Hour and a half long fight featuring robots, you know, the military did their thing. It was just so hard to tell who was who. Yeah, because yeah. there was a lot of protoforms, um, yeah. and they didn't, you know, they had Deluge there. Can you tell me who, which character Deluge was? Deluge was in the movie? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. He was really close. Awesome. It was that thing with the giant claw arms, and I'm just like, who's that? It took me forever to figure out which character. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I also should say Megan Fox was gone. In uh, the third movie, and they replaced they replaced her with um, Rosie Huntington Whitley, who oh I would disagree I would say she she I I think I think humans you can't hate them they can serve a purpose here's the thing break down Dark of the Moon, break down Dark of the Moon in your head okay and think about how would this movie have played out if Shia LaBeouf wasn't in it and I can tell you he didn't. His character didn't contribute a single That's thing to the third yeah. film. You could, if he wasn't in there, the plot would have proceeded completely uninterrupted. If Carly, Rosie Hunting Whitley's character, hadn't been there, Optimus might surely have died, and Sentinel and Megatron would have walked away. They would have, you know, they managed to stop the pillars, so Earth would have been saved. But Megatron and Sentinel would have still been there, and Optimus would have been dead. She saved the day by calling Megatron a little bitch. The Wrath of Khan references. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about the second movie was the Transcend Decepticon. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know what? No, no. Google, Google, Google Revenge of the Fallen, Topless Robot, and find that article, and that's all you'll ever need to know about yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. Also, I should say, Dark of the Moon gave us Laserbeak finally, and Laserbeak was flipping awesome in this movie. Yeah. The best version, I would say. You know what Laserbeak turns? You know what Laserbeak turns into in Dark of the Moon? Whatever he wants to. <laughs> There's a scene in about this course of 30 seconds, he adopts 57 different alt modes. And he's like, I've turned into a copy machine. The guy I'm trying to kill is walking away from me. I'm a computer now. The guy's walking away. I'm a flat screen on the wall. And I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he like looks at this human and like, oh, Jerry. You are my favorite of them all. And it throws him out of the window. <laughs> oh, it was Chang from Community. Kills Chang. That's right. Okay. Um, I should say for all the terribleness, one of the two greatest Transformers toys. Yeah, that jazz toy is one of the two. Can I rip him in? Is one of the two best toys, just toys that they've ever put out. The other being a human. Uh, not, um, Alternators Mirage. I like Jolt just because I think I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's, he was added in, you know, the last. I I I want to understand how he really died because that's when the space was locked. I was like, he got four and a half of the weight. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. That would damage his brain. That shouldn't damage his heart. That shouldn't damage his feet. He should have gone into space and locked him in <laughs> Wait, you still got separated the waist.
Transformers animated. We're not getting as big a cheer as we did last year when this slide came out. Speaking of women, there we go. Best human. Best human ever. Um, where is it? Third, yep, third, third bullet point down. Best human ever. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'd like to go on record as a random guy in the audience that would say this is the best Megatron ever. Um, fourth one down. Fourth point down. down. <laughs> <laughs> we agree with you, random member in the audience. No, it is it is completely true. Um, first fully American uh, show since Beast Wars, the Beast era, let's say, because it includes that other one. Um, Derek Derek J. White did it, so it had this Teen Titans look to it that turned a lot of people off at first, myself included. Um, that 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 turn off lasted. 10 seconds in the first episode, that's all it took to get me hooked on, because they start up with G1 footage as historical footage. That's true. And I'm just like, done! The entire, the entire series is written as a love letter, the whole original fault, like the boys and everything. Um, yeah, May I best. also say real quick that this also has the best Starscream since the original. Since the original, yeah. Yes. Starscream's really good. Played by uh, um, Tom Kenny. Kenny, yeah. SpongeBob plays Starscream. He is, <laughs> he is amazing. <laughs> Everything about this show is amazing. Why didn't they bring him back for Brian? Uh, you know what? As much as. Much as Steve Bloom is too much work, he's doing a good job at Starscream. Um, yeah, best human ever. Um, boy, you want to see a character grow in front of your eyes, you watch this series. She is a little spoiled, whiny brat in episode one, and she is kicking and taking names and saving the day and so mature by the end of season three. It is something to behold. Megatron, yeah. Megatron, he doesn't have a scheme of the week. He's working on something. You're not going to see what's going on this week's episode. Probably not next week's episode. Maybe not even the third week after that. Because he was ahead but, through all three weeks. But when uh, when his he decides it's time for this plot to uh, come to fruition, man, it's gonna go down. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, it took him about what all five seconds when he was back after Starscream first betrayed him before he was just straight up decimated. Oh yeah, yeah. He found out found out. Yeah, because he was a disembodied head for the first season, which a disembodied head Megatron still did. Insane amounts of damage. Yep. Um, yeah, he gets his body back. He, he wastes no time. He just kills Starscream immediately. He's like, "Nope, oh, you're done." Um, yeah, it's yeah. Starscream comes back as a disembodied head. It's great. Um, he can take he can take handcuffs off his teeth. Um, another thing is it got canceled after the third season. I blame the movies um, because you got to make room for the toy line. Um, season four though was super into pre-production. Um, toys were being outlined. Every episode was uh, like a, a brief outline, if not a full script. Um, there's a book called The AllSpark Almanac, Line 2. That's season four, as far as you need to be concerned, if you like animated. It's everything that season four would have been is right there. Uh, Megatron's new body, the prototype toy for his new four, season four body, is in there. Um, Ironhide would have replaced Prowl um, on the cast. Um, it, there would have been a visit to the Mirror Universe um, from the, the Shattered Glass Universe, I should say. Um, it would have been phenomenal, and the axe came down. Oh, and um, Optimus would have gotten his Power Master armor. Yep, Optimus would have gotten his Power Master armor. But the story has somewhat continued in the Botcon comics. We got the Stunticons. Um, we've gotten a few extra toys from it. So is this on Netflix too? Um, not yet, no. Cartoon Network is being a real about uh, the video distribution of this series. They never even released season three. Uh, season three is not even on DVD. Uh, it's, on, it's on the hub, though. It's on the hub. Okay. Um, I've got a clip here, too. is um, Ratchet is old and cantankerous. And I like it. It's working for him as a new character direction. It, make, it makes Ratchet stand out more as other than a uh, repaint of Ironhide. It kind of seems like they merged uh, Star Trek Bones with him. 
Yeah, there's there's there is a that's a good good we'll example. We'll get to that in Prime actually. Um, favorite toys? Yeah, I'll go with Megatron this year. Um, he is huge. He is he's got very little kibble in his robot mode and very little robot stuff in his vehicle mode. Um, his helicopter. He's got two helicopter blades. They turn into swords. Just darn cool toy. Oh, and I watched, yeah, I'm not one for black repaint Megatron. And the series was good for finally giving Sekul Prime some screen time. He had been in the comics and stuff like that for years as a character who's mentioned, but is always dead because he's always supposed to be Optimus Prime's predecessor. And this, they actually brought him, made him a full character on screen, and kind of made him a dick. He's the tick. No, he is the tick. He is the tick, yes. It's Townsend Coleman hey, playing him, and they gave him the chin, the tick's chin, just to hammer the point home who was playing him. Um, I love the tickets. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Um, all right. After that is we're up to Transformers Prime. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the current series. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure Hero HD CGI. Um, you got to watch this on an HD TV on a digital signal for it to look like anything other than crap. It looks great on an HD signal on an HD TV. Otherwise, it just like if you're watching on anything else, it looks terrible. It can't. It, the resolution just apparently cannot be supported by anything else. Um, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker come back as Optimus Megatron. Frank Welker, after his uh, stint in the movie video games, realized he can't do the voice he did in the '80s anymore. So he just he gave up trying and does, does a totally new voice, and it's horrifying. Like my, my buddy's kids who love Transformers, they won't watch the show because Megatron gives them nightmares, which is what Megatron should do. Yeah. <laughs> um, the character character animation's okay. The background is just one sandy, barren desert after Nothing. another. <coughs> it's really sad. What a crappy town. Yeah, and this, this town is uninhabited apparently because you never see any other humans. Um, Aside from a girl that the one guy's trying to pick up. Yeah, instead of the one chick who you know, shows up every 27 episodes. This is why we say that Beast Wars actually has aged very well because even with yeah. its dated CG, Prime just looks like crap by comparison with the environments and everything. Yeah. Um, it's part of the aligned continuity that it's Hasbro's calling the official continuity right now. Um, it's the video games, War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron, um, the two novels, Exodus and Exiles, and Prime. And you just and when they don't match up, just ignore it. Yeah. Is they're like they're not they weren't. The novels read like badly written fan fiction. I would say the second one did. I think the first one was fine, but you know there was no like badly written fan fiction that had been edited out to take out the Optimus Prime Megatron. I I would agree with her. Um, one thing, the second book. The author is completely incapable of conveying scale in pages. He's trying to make us, you know, believe that these things are like, they're like these, in one sentence he'll say how these objects are miles long, and then like a single blast from Optimus takes like half the ship out. And it's just like, wait, you just said the ship was, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, also, we, we kind of skimmed over this bullet point we had during the Unicron. Um, that the humans in the Unicron trilogy could range from worthless to very worthwhile, some of them at the same time. Um, Miko is the worst human ever. I will take Sam over Miko. The, oh, has anyone ever read Why the Last Man? Yeah. Okay, you know how York had his little problem that 335 could dump him to deal with that little problem he was having? The only way I'd ever forgive Miko is if they actually write in that she's got the same problem that York had. That's the only way I could rationalize what she does. It's like she's trying to kill herself. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why is the only thing that would ever make me forgive this character. Wow, was that Man, how you I'll take Japanese Daniel and Lee. Over yes. Miko. Oh. I will take Wheelie yeah. over Miko. Miko is pointless, and to the point where she's barely in season two. Yeah. They just they just barely have her on screen. There's for no real reason why she's got a reduced presence. They just realize it's terrible. I emphasize Japanese because Daniel gets a lot worse than headmasters. Okay, so let's keep it going. Um, while you boot up clip, I'm gonna pull. Thank for Viacon. Oh, actually, go to the toys. Oh, no. uh, Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, for the Viacon, we have got, Previously on. We've got 661, 
spoke screens in Japan, they did just a repaint of, of knockout. Novels, but now they're making a full remold. Yep, we're getting, we're getting a whole new toy for a smoke screen in the U.S. while they just got to repaint in Japan. And War for Cybertron and Fallout Cybertron are actually pretty fun games. They're really short. I beat each one in six hours each, but they're still pretty fun. So play them if you can. Um, okay, so, oh wait, why, am I, why is my hand going through these tickets? Could there be a, a fourth toy that I didn't have up here? <gasps> there may be! Let's see. So let's go with, let's see which one of these three falls away. Oh, we're going with 661. Eight one six rigged. Oh, booyah! No way! <laughs> Show it up. Oh, Put it up. Oh. 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 All right, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>